Okay. Can you hear me, hear me fine? Perfect. Right on. All right, good stuff. Roll the intro! Um, <laughs> thank you. I needed that so that I could do that in editing. Hi and hello, you beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening in on the first ever episode of Sky High Rock Bottom. This is your host, Jamesy Pishin. I'm really happy to have you here today because today we're listening to a conversation I got to have with Phil Moskaletz. He's a wonderful man, a wonderful husband and father. But today we're talking about how amazing of a creator he is. You do get to know a little bit about him, but mainly you get to know the ins and outs, the highs and lows of Phil Built, how he started it, where he wants it to get and wants it to be. Um, you know, this is a man who walked into a furniture store, looked at a table he wanted, said, honey, this is the table I want. And he looked at the price tag and said, yo, this is a bit too hefty and said, maybe I can do this on my own. Maybe I can make this. So he got some wood. He learned how to make the table. And three months later, he found a passion he never thought he would have had and a business he never thought he would have started. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you're someone hoping to start a business in the future, get their service, their product, their voice, their moves out there. Well, today is a great day because you get to hear some advice from Phil, some tidbits that we get to talk about that could be very useful. And if you're not someone who wants to start a business in the future, we have a very fun conversation and you get to know a wonderful person. So I hope you enjoy. And if you get to the end of the podcast, thank you so much. Thank you for your support. And if you don't get to the end of the podcast, thank you so much and thank you for your support. I appreciate you all. Enjoy. Um, uh, thank you for making coffee. No problem. I came in and this guy just said, do you want coffee? I mean, is that the, that's the only way you can actually nowadays introduce someone into your home? Yeah. It's weird if you don't do that. Correct. I didn't even ask if you wanted water. I just went straight to coffee. <laughs> <That's> actually, <laughs> You're parched. Water or coffee. Actually, you don't have a choice. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Um, Phil, would you like to introduce yourself in, um, anyway? shape or form yeah i'm uh i'm not actually that interesting but my name is phil uh philip for long phil for short thank you um i i'm 26 i'm married i have a child his name's ethan my wife's name is christina um i'm from sacramento this is where i was born um just pretty average guy nothing really special about Phil, me. <laughs> don't do this right now. There's a reason I'm sitting across the table from you today. Um, well, let's let's start then. Um, I'd like to tell you guys why I chose Phil. I mean, Phil is someone that I have gotten to know through the planting and um, the time at City Bible Church Sacramento. He has been someone that I guess I tried to work alongside with with the sound stuff, but never I think made it out to help him. Yeah, all. we're still waiting for you, James. Yeah, um, <laughs> but that helped me get to know him in a way that, like, I mean, just a little bit, get to talk to him. But over time, through um, any conversation we have in person, I mean, Phil is a guy who can create a smile from anyone at any time, any moment. I mean, no, that's you. Listen. That's you and your brothers. <laughs> oh well, okay. <laughs> this guy is one of the most. Um, he spends so much time musically. Correct. Tell us, tell us something about that. Yeah, uh, I was raised in a family that just loves to sing. Uh, music is a big part of life. 
um, started playing saxophone when I was a teenager. Uh, I was forced into that. I took music theory. I didn't really enjoy that. Um, and then I was driving with my brother one day and he was like, Hey, I think you should, I think you should pick up the bass guitar. And I don't know why that stuck with me. Uh, shout out to Alex. But uh, I, the next day I went out to Guitar Center and I bought myself a bass. So How old were you? I was uh, 15. Okay. So I went out, I bought like a cheap Squire, and I just started learning more um, about music. And it, was, it wasn't anything that anybody had to, like, no one had to force me to do it. I really enjoyed doing it myself. So that's kind of where my first hobby like that's my first hobby that I actually picked up. Uh, and then from there I started making music uh, on a computer and just kind of experimenting and then started playing in church and then different churches. And then I started um, playing with a band. So a lot of just live band experience, home uh, music experiments. So yeah, I love music. Right on. I mean, how else are you able to take that talent and take that time that you've invested in music outside of church, outside of your personal life? How else do you use those skills? Uh, well, uh, a lot of what I've learned uh, in like, um, I don't want to call it music production because I'm not like a <laughs> studio engineer or anything, but uh, I've messed around enough with hardware and software to be able to, to troubleshoot things. And I think on a technical level, it's helped with like thinking logically. Why isn't this working? Let's check the cables. Let's check this. Let's check the driver. So in general, music and like working through that stuff has helped me develop that kind of thinking. So I actually now that that's a great transition into my <laughs> my career. I actually yeah. work for Apple uh, in a group called Creative Media. Yeah. And that's what we do. We work with uh, Logic Pro, GarageBand, those types of applications. Yeah. And uh, I support them. Um, how were how has how long have you worked at Apple for now? Uh, now it's been, I think close to, we're coming up on four years. You enjoying it? You know, some days are hard, but yeah, overall I do enjoy it. It's a great company to work for. Yeah. It's, it's good. And we were talking earlier before the, we started recording that you don't work the entire week, which. Well, my schedule is, uh, I, I do four by tens. So okay. I work four days, 10 hours a day. So right I have three days oh, off. Okay. Nice. And that's been able to benefit you with what you've, what we're talking about here. Just look Bill at Bill. these transitions. I mean, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I, I would just, I really want to get into it. I love, I love, um, your ability to be able to take just that free time that you have. I mean, some would, would consider that your time to sit on the couch, Yeah. but you, my man have started something that I myself have been very interested in, have been following along since the box lamp. As I would say, would you say the box lamp is when you, that was like your first big product? No, not at all. No. No. Okay. No. I actually started woodworking before I was working at Apple. So I was, I was woodworking um, even before we got married. That's, that's when this, pro the table that we're sitting at now is the, the first project. Wow. And this okay. happened before Christina and I were married. So in 2015, we got married. Yes. Uh, and I started this build like uh, six months before that. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it still came from days off. So like uh, I was at the time I was working at uh, Intel and I had a lot. I was uh, behind a computer all day 
and um, I I just was interested in furniture building, um, not because I wanted to, but because of necessity. Uh, <laughs> I knew we were going to get married, and we were looking for furniture, and I didn't want to settle for something from like you know Walmart or, or IKEA. I wanted something nice, so we went to the mall. Yeah. And we went into Crate and Barrel thinking mm-hmm. we could afford it. <laughs> and I looked at the table and I was like, that's beautiful. And then I looked at the price and then we left. So <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how it, that started. Yeah. I was like, okay, I want something nice, but I, I think I could build it. Yeah. Uh, so I that's where I started doing research about, you know, wood. And it wasn't something that I was like, dude, let's go do this. And I went and bought wood. I actually, this was one of the first times that, I did a lot of research before jumping into it because it was unknown to me. Like music, I did that for a really long time and I felt comfortable with it. But this is like, okay, we're going to do furniture. It's very uncomfortable. And I was like, it seems like I like pretty, you know, standard, but like, let's just make sure I understand how to do this. So I just spent hours uh, behind that computer sometimes at my work, just kind of reading articles don't worry, I still did work. But um, <laughs> this is the Intel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I used very basic tools, so I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a table saw. All I used was a circular saw. Um, okay. Christina at the time, my fiance, uh, got me some chisels. Yeah. So she bought me some chisels, Let's which go, was Christina. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had those. I had a router, and then a couple of other basic tools. I did not have a lot, um, so it took me three months to build. But once I was completed. I was very surprised. I thought it would be uglier than mm-hmm. it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still see all the imperfections in there. But mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I look at it and I think like, okay, I can do this. I built this with minimum tools. Yeah. I'm interested in this now. I yeah. love the process. I loved seeing a bunch of boards laying somewhere turn into a functional piece of furniture yeah. that I now have. You know, and Something that could have costed you. Yeah. More well, than four digits. Well, it's it's... It's walnut. So yeah. I, that's where the research came in. I yeah. didn't want just a basic table. So I bought walnut, which is actually a really pricey wood. So so every cut mattered. Every cut mattered, yeah. <laughs> but it was still, it turned out to still be expensive. It was like $500 in just materials. Yeah. yeah. And I was, that shocked me because I was like, okay, if I'm building it myself, it's going to be super cheap. Yeah. And then I love the look of this. But then once I started, I was like, I committed. I started yeah. building it and I was like, all right, I got to finish it. So yeah. And then you see... Why does that so much furniture break so fast? Oh, why, yeah. Why th- and how you could buy it for so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not made well. So, no. um, but yeah, from there, it kind of took off and yeah. started investing more time into um, learning more about it, just reading more. And then I started um, going on Craigslist and picking up mm-hmm. uh, secondhand tools. Mm-hmm. I bought my table saw that I still currently have. It's my main table saw. Great table saw but I found it for $250 on Craigslist. And yeah. it's like, I was looking for deals just because I didn't have a garage. First of all, I was yeah. living in, a, in an apartment. So I was storing all this at my parents. Yeah. So I was, I was like, okay, I'm not going to buy huge machines. Uh, so I was looking on Craigslist for different tools and started slowly collecting. It was like maybe one tool every three months, just yeah. kind of getting there and starting experimenting, fixing them up um, and developing skills, I guess. So how many hours do you currently spend a week doing what you first started doing over a span of three months for one table in your parents' garage? What do you, how much time do you spend now in your own garage? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have three days off 
one day is my Sunday, which I typically spend with family. So yeah. I, if I do anything in there, it's maybe for an hour or two. It's just maintenance kind of stuff. Uh, so the other two days uh, is when I'm in there. So I'm in there from um, 10 a.m. up until 5 or 6. So okay, a good chunk of the day I'm in there. Just like a regular work day, I'm in there yeah. for both of those days. And then yeah. uh, some days after work, I come home and I go in there and I do some extra work. So yeah, there's a lot of work involved. <laughs> no, I, 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 I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Everything you've put out feels as though doesn't need as much improvement. Rather, maybe, you know, what's the next thing this guy's going to make? So, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's I mean, there's a, a long process to this stuff. Like when I when I just started out, it was more about the passion of the the art like doing the woodworking yeah and then as you slowly transition into it like potentially being a business like in my mind i never thought i would be doing this as business i always thought like dude this is cool i know mm -hmm. how to build stuff mm -hmm. that's awesome but then you get this interest of like wanting to do it more and then people start asking you like hey can you build this and it's like oh that would be cool if i could make some money yeah. on this so you start taking these commissions and now you're kind of looking at, okay, this, this might be turning into a business. And then you have to think about those things. Like I need to make this a product. So not only do you have to finish it, you have to take photos of it, stage yeah. it, you know, yeah. make it look decent. And then you can actually make a post about it. Cause if you know, you, you can take a photo of it and it can look like a posting on Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It still showcases your work, but I think having like quality photos and, and all that stuff, it takes a lot of time. And it's just a part of the yeah. process. And this is where I would like to bring up the fact that social media, or let me know what you, how you feel social media has played a factor in your business. Well, it's, it's pressure. It's a, uh, it's a crowd. Someone is looking. Yeah. So it, it needs to be good. Right. And then uh, the more, the more pages you follow that, you know, I, I like a lot of architectural stuff and mm -hmm. stuff about living spaces just because it, it kind of, inspires a little bit you want to make a living space look beautiful and you want to add to it you don't want to be distracting or yeah. anything so it's like you have followers and you have all this inspiration on the social media you just you're trying to catch up with that which can also be dangerous because i've had days where you know you look at your own stuff and then you look at someone else's stuff and you compare and it's like you get a little depressed. So yeah. it's, it's a great thing, but it's also, um, it can also be hard at times. I can see 100% how maybe following a page or taking the action to go to someone's page to look through their stuff could bring you motivation or bring you inspiration to create your next product. But also, like you said, make you feel down about your own stuff. Yeah. Um, as I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go through some of the things you've created, some of the stuff you've built, but as a creator in your business, has social media been the most critical factor in what you decide to create? I would say it plays a big part, um, but I no. Okay. For for me, that's a no. Yeah. Um, two reasons. I believe that there's a lot of stuff out there where things look cool, and people have problems I think being original sometimes and I think social media is dangerous for that because you see something you like mm -hmm. you take some time away from it yeah. and somehow that thought comes back 
and you think it's your own idea. Yeah. Like similar with comedy, like a lot of comedians kind of, maybe that's just an excuse that they use, but sometimes when someone steals a joke, that's kind of the thing. It's just like a, oh, it was, you know, it was not conscious. I, yeah. I, I thought it was my own thing. So same with like social media, it's very dangerous. Um, like one problem that I have with like Instagram right now is these epoxy river tables. <laughs> Everybody's doing them because they're so cool and that they look cool. But at this point it's like, it's done. It's finished. Let it be. Explain uh, to the listener exactly what you, what, what epoxy tables and why. It's basically two slabs of, um, live edge piece that's cut in half and then flipped so that the bark is on the inside and then people pour like a resin and it's like plastic. Okay. So they look really cool, Yeah. but it, it's come to this point where everybody's doing that. And it's like with social media, you can get a lot of cool ideas, but it's dangerous because you can, you can really get stuck in like trying to copy or not even trying to copy. You might accidentally copy someone. So I think it's important to, really think about your designs and think about yeah. like, you know, has, you know, am I, am I ripping someone off or am I being original? Is this something that I think looks good? So there's a lot of modeling involved. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking too much about that specific thing. <laughs> the second thing, the reason why I don't think Instagram or social media is super critical to my designs is because I find that I get a lot of inspiration from real life experiences. Yeah. I go to uh, San Francisco <clears throat> with Christina a mm -hmm. lot. And anytime I come from San Francisco, I'm just like burning to, to do something like yeah. you go into uh, a cool shop somewhere. Um, like I, I forget the neighborhood. There's like a, a row of just awesome shops with like really dope furniture. And you look at it and it's like, oh, my goodness, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know, and you get a lot of these ideas and like just being out and about it. I think it like you need those days. You can't work 100% of the time and not get your creativity from another source. That's yeah. the thing about creativity is that you're never going to be 100% original yeah. because most of everything has already been done. Um, so you kind of add your own twists to yeah. things. So you use those things as inspiration, but you try not to be a copycat. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> How many people want to start something but say that's already been done or I can't do that because this person's doing this or how could I make that in different in any way? When I was starting this podcast, I mean, I'm late to the game. I'm so late to the game, right? It's been out like the, the, the wave of podcasts is coming up on five years of like just everybody's on it. Everybody's listening to two, three podcasts a day. I myself am like listening to three or four a day, whether I'm working, driving, doing anything, running at the gym. And when I decided I want to start a podcast about a year ago, I had all the equipment that we're using right now, all in a bag, just waiting to be used, waiting for me to initiate the go, just do it. Right. Like, just like you did with your business. I mean, you, you just said, let's do it. You said, let's make this something more than what it is right now. Yeah. Make this not just a hobby. Let's not make this just something that I like to do on my free time, but something that I can actually utilize to build, to make me happy, more happy than I am now. And when I was doing, when I was starting telling myself to start this podcast, everything in my head was like, I can't do this. There's so many podcasts out there. Everybody's doing it. What am I going to be that's different? And that's when I realized, I mean, I think I saw something on Instagram for sure that um, I think it was either Gary Vee or something like that, that got me to think, Hey, it's not about being completely original. Cause like you just said, everything's been basically hundred percent done. Once you get the idea, it's already, it's probably most likely already been done. How could you make it different? Even in the slightest way that gets the listener to go, Hey, I'm gonna come back to that. Yeah. Getting like, started is the hardest, man. Yeah. You like, you have this fear of like, well, yeah. Just like you said, like, well, who's going to even look at it? Who's yeah. going to listen? Um, but just get started. If you want to do it, just do yeah. it. And then 
just keep working at it. Yeah. And go all in every single time, all in every single time. Because yeah. if you, if I get discouraged, let's say after this or after something else that I do, if I don't go all in the next time, there's no way it's going to come out better than it did the first time. So I need to go all in every single time. Yeah. Persistence. Yeah. Um, so social media is not your biggest factor in what you create, which is the same for, could be the factor for a lot of people. And I understand as a creator furniture, if some, if something's huge, it's going to be everywhere. So there's no way something that everybody's doing can be motivated to for your next creation because it's not going to be on there. It's going to be in real life. That's awesome. Because I think that a lot of people don't know that it, the problem isn't wanting to be like everyone else. Everyone wants to be like everyone else on media if they're not conscious about it because they're scared of being different. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's important to, to step back. Cause so, like, don't get me wrong, Pinterest and Instagram and all these different outlets, like, great sources um but you can you know you can get stuck in seeing the same stuff over and over and yeah. not work on developing your own stuff yeah. i'd like to get into um your sky high and your rock bottom mm -hmm. so let's start off with your sky high what do you hope to get from phil built in the future that you haven't i mean of course that you haven't gotten to now what is your sky high for the business potential mm -hmm. sky high? Uh, well, I've actually been thinking about that more uh, lately, like where I want Phil built to be. Yeah. And it actually started after Ethan was born. Uh, he's mm -hmm. three months old now. And I, I realized how much I work. Uh, I'd have my full-time job 40 hours a week. And then I come here and I do my woodworking. And I realized how much time away from family that is it's, it can get really hard. So my, like my goal with this business is to, uh, Oh, by the way, for the listeners here, my shop. Uh, so we recently bought a house, um, a little over a year ago and my shop is in my yard. So I've got, it is wonderful. It's, it's pretty <laughs> sweet. That's, it's one of the selling points of the house for us. Uh, it's about a thousand square foot. I've got um, its own power going there. The shop, by the way. The thousand shop. square foot shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah thousand yeah. square foot shop. <laughs> so it's it's right there in my yard. So <clears throat> my goal with Phil Built would to be um, to be able to run a business and that being my full-time business Yeah. Uh, so that I can support our family, and, but I can, I can be home. Spend time with Ethan. Oh, man. That is like the dream. I, I absolutely, I don't want to say hate, but I, I do. I, I hate being away from family when I have to go to work. I work um, like 30 miles away from here and it's majority of the day because it's 10 hour shift plus lunch. It's 11 hours. So I leave at seven. I come home at about 745. So it's like 12 hours that I'm gone and he's asleep before I leave yeah. and he's asleep when I come back. So yeah. it's really hard um, for that. So I've really been focusing on, you know, trying to make this my career so that I could be mm. home, spend more time with family. Cause it, I do love the woodworking, but at the end of the day, if I could turn that into a way to be with my family more, that's sky high. That's sky high, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I, I think you're, I mean, I would, I'm going to assume this, but I'm hopefully going to get a, yeah, back from you. But your wife has been such a, big role and player in Phil Built. 
What are you talking about? Yes. Yes. on the light? Yeah, yeah. yeah let me make sure she's know. not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> it's pretty evident in your in, in, in Phil Built Instagram, in your in your Instagram. I mean, that is just social media, but I would like to know straight from you how much of an impact your wife has made on your because you are you bought this home together. Yeah. Um, you have your shop. Mm-hmm. And she's been with you since before this home, yeah. before even the business. Um, you guys have a kid together now. Yeah. And life is so different than it was when you met her. Yeah. But Phil Built has been there for pretty long throughout that. Yeah. So tell us a little about her impact. Oh, yeah. So she's super supportive. So she she loved the first project that I did and she The table we're sitting it. on? Yeah, the table we're sitting on. She was I mean, like, she was excited because I made it and it's yeah. going to be in our family. So she's, she really liked that aspect of it. But then I, the more I started getting into woodworking, super supportive. She never, you know, I was like, hey, I'm going to buy a table saw. She's never like, <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah. It was always like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So she always supported me in that way. Um, and then the the hard stuff started happening when i had to go like again we lived in an apartment which is in sacramento and my parents live in rockland which is about 20 miles away from there so on my days off i would actually leave our house so i wasn't at home on our days off i'd go to my parents house and i'd woodwork for majority of the day so that that was hard um but she was loving and supporting in that and she she thought it was cool that i could do that uh and then in general with when you're married, you have to talk about finances and, mm-hmm. and sharing that stuff. And she, she would, uh, you know, give me that space for me to go in and, you know, um, make sure I, I, I can purchase tools. So like, yeah. it was never like, the support oh, was you real. know, we, we could use that money elsewhere. It was always like, Hey, that's cool. You know, you like to do this, yeah. go get some tools. So like, not that I, you know, it, it it's not like a, a, I needed to get permission thing, but it's just, she, instead of me having to request permission like that, it was like, dude, this is awesome. You yeah. should do it. And it was, is more of an encouraging step. So mm, let's be her, real. It was just a financial move. She knew it was a good investment. <laughs> well, she found out after the fact. So I, oh, so okay. yeah, so it, okay. I already had the receipt and I was like, yeah. Hey, this is what happened. She's right like, on. Oh, cool. <laughs> so it's more of a sarcastic. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, super loving, supporting. And then, um, we were looking for a house for a really long time. And we didn't think we'd get one with a shop, but um, we were just looking around for different houses and bigger garage would be cool. Um, but then I was kind of looking through houses and then this one was kind of ugly. Like mm-hmm. like when you just looked at the page, mm-hmm. it was like super ugly in the front. Uh, but then I started looking at the pictures <laughs> and I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boring, outdated house. And then I saw that like that shop in the back and yeah. my heart sank. I was yeah. like. I mean, we're going to live in the ugliest house <laughs> because of this shop. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah. no, yeah, I, I proposed the idea uh, and she, you know, we, we came to look at the place. I don't think the shop sold her. I think the room with the big windows sold her. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> thank, uh, thank God for that, for that room. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have uh, gotten win-win. this one. Yeah, but it's cool. It's It's been awesome being able to to share my passion for woodworking with her. Cause she also enjoys the projects that I, that I make. She's very supportive in that. And I always, when I'm working on a project, I'll, I'll actually show you later. I have like projects scattered throughout the house. When I'm in the, in the middle of a project, I'll bring it inside the house and have her look at it. Yeah. Be like, what do you think? Yeah. And she'll give me her honest feedback, uh, which is great. Cause your not, critique. Yeah. I'm not the only one looking at it. It's always helpful to have a, a fresh pair of eyes on something. So yeah. So your biggest fan, biggest investor. 
and your biggest critique. Is that? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, and I mean, with you, with your, the new child, the newborn. Yeah. He's also an investor. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's amazing to see how not only has your, is your sky high, your family, and you to be happy, have the time together, um, and be able to use Bill Built as your primary source of income, but also your wife. Just to be clear, it's not there yet. I'm not, that's yeah, not my primary that's your source sky, of that income. I mean, that's your sky high. That's that what you're is, hoping for. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just trying to work up yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, I did want to hit on something about Phil Built, um, the tables. I have it in all caps with the exclamation point at the end. It's like your biggest thing. It's a, you spend the most time making tables, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, it was your first thing mm-hmm. that you created and it's still something huge. You went from, I mean, the, the, these have wooden legs and now you have steel bases. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I, I would like to, I'm just, I'm interested in how, um, was are you welding it or is someone else welding it? What's happening? Someone else uh, was welding them. So uh, I'm currently learning how to weld. Uh, I have a welder. Uh, I've done a few things in my shop, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just had like basic wood tables just with wood legs. And then um, this guy, um, Dima, I don't know. Like, I think he's just, he's just a guy from Sacramento that like somehow we know each other. Like we have friends <laughs> that are mutual friends and he hit me up dude, one dude, day. He's Slavic. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> it's hard not to be yeah, yeah, somehow yeah. connected. <laughs> so he hit me up and he was like, Hey, um, like your stuff let's co- let's collab and i was like yeah let's do it let's let's collaborate so yeah. we met up i met up with him at a coffee shop uh, and we talked about what kind of a project we would start um so we decided it'd be something very basic coffee mm-hmm. table mm-hmm. um and i you came, said yeah i was like heck yeah dude let's do it so came up with the design um sent it over um worked a little with him on it i, I went over to the shop i, I watched him do it i mm-hmm. did some filming of it mm-hmm. um and it came out. So I took the metal, I, I painted it, I built the tabletop for it. Yeah. And then I, I threw it up. And that was actually a coffee table that I took to my West Elm pop-up. Mm-hmm. And from that, that actually, that table uh, helped me get a job where I had to build two two more of those tables. Yeah. And then uh, a large like farmhouse table that was like a bar bar height. Yeah. Um, and that was also a metal base. So from that one little collaboration, like experimental thing, like, Hey, let's see what we can make. We got a job and yeah. he worked on it with me and, yeah. and like we got to work together and then, um, we've done a few projects, uh, together since. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been cool to work with other local artists. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of the best things, but I would say when I look at a small business growing, your ability to collaborate with other small businesses or another creator in, in, in your city locally <laughs> can give you a huge bump in the industry. Mm-hmm. Helps you create a connections around the city. That West Elm pop-up, how did that happen? I'm trying to remember. I don't even know. Um, oh, we would, so me and Christina, we went to a West Elm and I saw there's a little corner mm-hmm. where they have a local section of lo- like local creators. Yeah. Um, so I asked the management about it. I was like, hey, how do I, how do, I do something like this? And they were like, oh, you know, well, uh, contact this person through email, send a portfolio of your work, and we'll do a pop-up. Yeah. Um, pop-up shop. So I I emailed them. They were like, cool, let's do it. We set a date. And then uh, it was like a month 
away. So I had to like crank out a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I did cutting boards. I, I carved out spoons. And uh, utensils. Yeah, those yeah, are awesome. Spoons uh, and stuff. And then I brought that table with me. Um, so I, I got to showcase some of my stuff mm-hmm. uh, and I got to sell some stuff there too. So it was it was a really fun experience and it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It, it's funny because when I was thinking in my head, West Elm, wow. Pop up. That's awesome. That's huge. And just asking you now the ability to be able to email someone if your work shows for, you know, how hard you've been working and you want that pop-up, your portfolio showed it and you made those, everything you want, you know, for the pop-up. It's, it's, I think it might be encouraging to some listeners that it's not as difficult to be seen in your city, locally, at a place like West Elm, um, if you put in the work. Yeah. And I'm no master at like getting jobs or anything, but like, it really is just that it's a, it's, it's just reaching out. Like yeah. you just need to, you know, hit people up, see what's going on. See if you can fish up some opportunities. Cause if you, if you just wait for them, there are occasions where someone will contact you and say, Hey, can you do this? And it's like, Oh, cool. Great. I didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. But then for those, like for those jobs where you want to, when you want to start building something, I think it's important to, share yourself or market yourself. And that's one of the hardest things about turning a hobby into a business is you have to start learning how to do that stuff. It doesn't just Mm. come. And that's stuff that people go four years in college to do. Yeah. 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 And I wish, I wish I had more experience in that. I wish I did some school for this, but like, um, yeah, that's the hard part. It's like, how do you turn a hobby into a business? And it's, I'm still learning a lot. I'm, I've been working with a lot of people and, um, like, I have a couple mentors in the woodworking business mm-hmm. um, that I, you know, ask questions all the time. Uh, that's important. Mentors. Yeah, mentors. If you if you don't have anybody, you should connect with someone that is better than you. Yeah. Um, and learn from them because yeah. it's super important. I actually, I I followed this guy from Sacramento, Stephen Tiller. He's a great artist in Sacramento, and he builds furniture for pretty much everywhere in Sacramento. That's the person you collabed with with um, <clears throat> Faria correct? No, no, that's, that's different. So, um, he was working, so he, he was working on Beeston Bounty Mm -hmm. and, uh, he was looking for help because it's a huge project. There's a lot of tables. He did custom stools for them. Um, so he threw up on Instagram that he's looking for help. I was like, dude, I follow this guy. I'm (laughs) like, I'm, I want to learn. Yeah. So I went over, I interviewed with him. I told him I'd sweep the floors for free. Like, I don't care. I just want to be around you. Wow. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he hired me on for the summer. So I kind of did like a, a little internship with him. That's, I consider it that because I got to learn <laughs> a lot, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I got to learn from him. I, I worked with him very closely and, um, that was quite an experience. And now he's a good friend of mine. Um, he hits me up when he needs help and I ask him questions all the time. So he's one of my mentors. Um, and I think it's important to have someone like that just because you're, you're very slow when you learn at your own pace, Yeah, but because- there are people that just do do better than you and that's okay you just you instead of looking at that with envy take Mm -hmm. it as a thing of like okay what can i learn from this person because they're obviously doing great you know so yeah it's cool i one of the biggest things when you're trying to start out something new is understanding that you don't know a lot and knowing that there's so much more you could learn at every single stage in your life oh yeah i mean i remember watching a dr phil episode with this teenager who thinks he can rap Mm-hmm. and he already thinks he's the best rapper. So, but he's 17, he has no experience, but he doesn't, like, 
it's like the total opposite of someone who's extremely open to learning. I've never seen it before. And I'm watching this episode. It was just a video, a clip on YouTube. And he's, I've never seen it before, but this kid actually thinks there's nothing more for him to learn. But his music is trash. So, hey, you're just a hate. You're one of the haters, bro. <laughs> That's what, that is what he would say. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and there's obviously, you see that he's not going nowhere. So what is the, what is the, well, I mean, how many times have you been on Dr. Phil? <laughs> so <laughs> you've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, I, have. I don't think I remember his name, but um, you can see what the key is to success. And that's being open to continuous um, knowledge and learning. And so yeah. that's awesome that you've taken on a men- you've taken on mentors and you've been able to take that freely and open, like, say you'd sweep the floors for free just to be around them. Yeah. And I was serious about that. Like, yeah, you know, if you find something that you're passionate about, you'll do anything to, to like, I'm sure for like people that want to work in a kitchen, mm-hmm. they would probably say, dude, I'll wash the no dishes. Doubt. No I'll doubt. start there. Yeah. And it's, it's a great way to get in because people need that kind of like physical help, but mm-hmm. then they, you gain their trust and then they start to teach you things about the trade. And it's, yeah. it's great. You get friends that way. And, um, but yeah, it, don't be afraid to, to seek out opportunities, market yourself. That's one of the things that I'm still trying to learn and trying to do that. Speaking of Faria, you, you brought it up. Yeah. I that's like how I got that. the job. I was, uh, uh, Mike from church told me, mm-hmm. Hey, the, dude, there's a bakery that's going to be opening up. So I was like, dude, I went to their Instagram real quick and I messaged them right then and there. Yeah. I was like, dude, if you guys need anything, I do woodwork, like I'll like serving boards, whatever. I'll like, I'm your guy. Yeah. Didn't hear anything from them for like three months. And then out of nowhere, like, hey, Phil, uh, remember you reached out to us. We have this wow. project. And yeah, three it was months. super cool. Yeah, three months. It was just like nothing. I thought like, Patience. okay, it's, they're probably like yeah. this guy just trying to get work. <laughs> and, and you were okay with that because you were just doing, you were throwing a stone. You were yeah. just throwing a, a hook yeah. to hopefully catch on to something. Just throw a hook out there and uh, see what it does. And yeah. we got the project by we. I'm talking about me, Christina, and Ethan, <laughs> our, our yeah. little company over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I got the project and then, uh, kind of from there, I actually started working with the designers that designed that place. So it, everything, it, it kind of, it's a ladder, um, from there, the designers that designed Faria, they're, um, having me, um, help them out with building another place. So there's a, wow. a okay. clothing store in downtown that we're working on currently yeah. actually. So, yeah. um, it's cool. Connection <clears throat> on lock. Yeah, Lockdown. It's, it's just a, yeah, it's what? I said connection locked out unlock. Oh man, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you locked it down. What I'm saying is you had that connection, the hook snatched, brought him in. Locked, and now you're now down. you have a connection. <laughs> because yeah. it's it's huge, right? You hear a lot of people say how they started is they just messaged and let they wrote letters and they emailed and emailed, emailed until they had somebody else say, okay, let's do it. What what is the harm of writing out 500 emails, 500 DMs, getting one? is beautiful. Yeah. Only the only thing that can hurt you is that someone's going to report you as spam and your account will get deleted. That's the only bad thing. Is that actually a fear? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. See, I mean, I'm not harassing anybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure they get, I get, they get a lot of you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, that's what I, that's awesome because when I'm, when I look at your feed, when I look at what you're doing, I wonder how is it that he was able to get this connection and hearing it now, hope this, any, any listener, listening understands that if they're starting into anything right now, if they're hoping to get some kind of piece of advice or they're just interested in doing something new, it doesn't hurt to throw a hook out there. If it doesn't latch on, you'll just throw it again. Yeah. Yeah. Three even months. If, even if you're just interested in something, yeah, just 
Text yeah. someone and be like, hey, can I watch you do this thing? Yeah. You see, I don't think any, I think that's a, that's a very big pride thing. I mean, sometimes you don't want to reach out. You think you already know how to do it. You already know what you need to do. You already want us to get started. But sometimes all you, all you really need is just another perspective, another 10, 20 minutes or an hour of just watching. Yeah. I mean, even me, I mean, when I started this podcast, I was like, I listen to so many podcasts, I already know what I'm doing. And then finally I tell Phil, hey, you want to be my first person I talk to? And I got so nervous. I was like, wait, what am I even going to ask him? So it's definitely, and that's when I re- watched the video for like an hour, giving me tips on how to, do, <laughs> how to ask questions and how to interview. Um, so it never hurts to just do it again, try it again, throw a hook out again. Yeah. Get course. an extra hour of knowledge. And you're uh, a pleasure to talk to, James. Really? Who would say no? Ah, that is sweet of you, Phil. <laughs> can we go through the stools? Afari, was that your idea or was that theirs? If you t- can take a look at his Phil built page, you can see the stools that he created. They're blocks of wood. That's uh, cedar. So, okay, yeah. cedar wood. Cedar, yeah. That that was actually interesting because, uh, well, maybe for me it's interesting. <laughs> it sounds actually super boring, but it was just like, it was actually weeks of emailing. Um, yeah. The initial design was a little different. It was actually going to be a three-part stool. That's glued together. Uh, and I did like a lot of hunting for mm-hmm. the dimensions that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So those dimensions, they're pretty large. It's like 16 inches yeah, wide by large. 16 yeah. wide. And then it's like 19 inches tall. And that's, they wanted a really chunky looking stool. And I couldn't find any wood that mm-hmm. I can glue up together that would like be cost effective. And that would give them the look. I, yeah. I went out to different places. Even a guy that cut his own tree down, uh, one of my friends, Will. Uh, I went over to his place. I bought some wood, but I ended up not using it just because it, it didn't fit. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I, I went over to this place um, that has, they they mill, um, they take trees that fall over. They rescue, it's called sack something rescue. I can't remember. It's linked in my fill bill. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they, they take these donated trees, they slice them up and then they sell them. Um, so I went over there. And I saw these huge, they're huge. They're like eight foot beams Mm -hmm. that were massive. It's like the size of a tree trunk. And I was like, dude, let's cut those up into chunks. And then uh, I pitched the idea to the owner of Faria. And he was like, we were back and forth on design because we were like, man. So logistically thinking through everything, it was just like, oh, those are going to be freaking heavy. Mm -hmm. How are we going to work with that? And then we had to deal with that challenge. And we're like, let's recess some wheels into them. Yeah. So there's just a lot of like back and forth communication to actually get that design. But I had the place mill up those pieces. I think there's seven of them. Yeah. Uh, and I recessed like a three inch hole and through four, three inch holes into each one of them and mounted some casters that lock mm-hmm. and they're elevated a quarter inch off the ground. So they look like they're kind of floating. Yeah. I mean, I um, remember when I saw them in person, I was like, so do I pick up this stuff? No, <laughs> I, t- I, I was like, wow, that's awesome. They roll, they yeah. roll, they move around. So we were able to accomplish the overall goal. And I think they look so cool. No, I could have never planned for that myself. That was a total accident, but yeah. it looks super cool. Original, completely. I mean, I, I'm, when we walked in with my brothers, we'd never seen something like that before. It's just a stump, James. You're, Dude, you're bumping but, me up too much. It's, a, mean, it's a stump. Yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly exactly <laughs> phil it's just a stump yet used in a way that no one thought it'd be used it's um it's it's a pleasure talking to you phil because i can just respect the the fact that you don't you don't let yourself be influenced by the stuff around you versus just 
being authentically yourself. It's vivid. I still do. Don't get me wrong. I still I mean, take tons does. of ideas from everyone other places. Still. I don't mean to sound like, oh, I don't use Instagram no, as no, any no, inspiration. No, no, no. I totally do. Yeah. I just try not to make it my main focus. Um, yeah. Just because like that, like that whole rock bottom thing, actually, that I, I'm assuming we're going to talk about soon. Let's hit <laughs> it. That's a part of it. Let's hit it. That's I mean, what have you, I've given you some time to think about it. Yeah. Would you say you've hit a rock bottom yet? Or as far as like the, the business side of things and just in general, like things have been going pretty well. Like I, like I've been slowly building the business. I've got this new shop. I've been working on building that up. Um, the, the parts where I, I wouldn't say that I've like hit like rock, rock bottom, but there are definitely times where there are challenges in the way and it just, it gets frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Like, um, I'm very hard on myself when things don't work out. And that really affects my work. Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult for me to accept that I did a bad job. Mm-hmm. And that has happened before. Mm-hmm. Like uh, sometimes you just do a bad job um, and you look at it and you're like, I messed up. My timeline is ruined. Mm-hmm. Every Like this project does not look good. So sometimes you have to redo things. And in those moments, there's small little rock bottoms. I wouldn't say I've, you know, I'm down in, in the, in the dumps for like a month because I made a mistake, but it's like during a project, you look at it and you're like, how am I going to recover from this? It's yeah. due next week. Yeah. I've just used up all the materials. Now I have to eat it out of my own pocket <laughs> yeah. to go get more materials uh, and fix it. And I, that's, that's happened before, but you know what? It's like every day is a new day. You readjust and you look at it and it's like, I don't know. My, my uncle actually, he has a good perspective on this. He also does woodwork and I talked to him and his mentality of any project that he starts is it's easy. Yeah. It's easy. Just do it. (laughs) And it's like, that's very hard to process sometimes, but at the same time, you kind of have to have that mentality because when you make a mistake, there is no other option, but starting over again and you just have to do it and you're going to have to do it. So it's like either be mad about it all day or, you know, be upset in the moment for like a little bit. Yeah. Look at it. Think about how you can fix it and move on. That's uh, that's actually one of my favorite things about woodworking and building in general is sometimes there's a little challenge attached to it. Yeah. And sometimes when you when you accomplish those little challenges or you work around it to make it work, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's. I mean, you. First off, let's let's hit back on what you just said. That those. You just have to take it for a second. Be mad. Throw something. Yeah. And then move on. <laughs> yeah. Learn from it. Just move on. Take it. Take it very well because that's just going to make sure you don't do it again. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. But, I hate mistakes. <laughs> but, I mean, mistakes are what create, what, what yeah. give us the ability to see the beauty in something. Without the mistakes, everything's bland. I agree. Yeah. You, you see, yeah, you, you're thankful for not making mistakes when you make a mistake. Yeah. And then you actually learn from it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the best. Uh, that's how I learn most is I make mistakes. Yeah. Every project, there's always a mistake. Always. Always. Well, you, you have to leave room for it because if you don't leave for room for a mistake, you're screwed. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be the perfect woodworker. <laughs> make a bunch of people jealous. <laughs> <laughs> He's lying. This has all been lies. He's never messed up once, everyone. Yeah. Not once. Um, I would like to touch on also your, what are you there's many things that if someone goes through his website or his page on Instagram, Phil Built, P-H-I-L-L-B-U-I-L-T, you can see 
that you go through, like you were talking about, West Elm, you had your spoons, you had the tables, the paddles. Um, and also, you haven't talked about this, but you've made a, a good amount of toys from your minimalist kitchen set oh. for a kiddo. I mean, it is wonderful. I'm sure if you've visited the page, you've already seen it. And also, um, the camera toy. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and also the fidget spinner when the fidget spinner was huge. I remember when he did that, I was like, he's just taking the opportunity to make some money. Well, and I, that was like a, a marketing thing. I thought yeah. because fidget spinners are so like huge. So huge. I was like, dude, I'm going to make a video building this thing and I'm going to blow up. This is my ticket. <laughs> yeah. This is my ticket. And then I built the thing and I got like a thousand views and I was like, that's not that's what not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it, was, it was fun to do it. Yeah, I mean, it uh, you hit some people, just maybe not how you wanted it. But no, it's okay. From, you try things. From those toys to the spoons to the tables to the paddles to the what the the, the stools, the shelves, um, the kitchen set. What is your um? What are you looking to do? Let's say in the next year. Well, the toys and the kitchen stuff. That was all. That was kind of like gifts for nieces and nephews yeah. and stuff. So th those were just projects I thought looked cool, so I threw them out. But uh, what I'm looking to do is, um, well, I'm, I'm kind of slowly getting into doing um, spaces in downtown, so mm -hmm. or wherever in Sacramento, just um, working more like commercial stuff. Yeah, um, building for spaces. Um, I, I think it's cool that I get to be a part of that. Like, you know, Faria was one of one of my big ones, one of my big first ones. And it's a beautiful store too. I mean, it's awesome. They did a yeah. great job. Yeah. Like the, the bread is amazing yeah. and like all their pastries are amazing. Um, uh, but it looks cool. And I'm, I'm so happy that I was able to be a part of that project because yeah. it's like m my stuff is there yeah. and it's, it's, it's a cool feeling. So I'm excited to, to kind of put more stuff out that exists out where it's yeah. not just in my shop or not in someone's home, but also I'm excited about you know, building stuff that does go in people's houses, like yeah. furniture. Yeah. I, I want to build more tables, mm -hmm. um, things that, that will last. Uh, I think it's cool to have furniture that you can pass on to family. That's not yeah. going to fall apart yeah. when you move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, By the way, anything you've heard from Faria Baker to Steve Taylor to Phil and anybody else he's worked with and anything we've mentioned is on his page linked somewhere on one of his photos tagged. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if you are My Instagram, if, his stories, yeah, his Instagram. So, that also will be in the uh, the um, information paragraph about this episode. Um, from how much you've learned, where you're at, um, where your business is at, do you see yourself um, hitting your sky high anytime? I mean, do you have a time limit on that, or are you just hoping for it to happen? Yeah. Or are you just working with it? <clears throat> how it is now? That's a hard one. That's what we've been discussing. Mm -hmm. I actually read this book a while ago that I picked up when I just started woodworking and it's called when to jump. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's about basically choosing your time to go full in, yeah, uh, all in. And it's difficult because, you know, we have a home now, mm -hmm. we have a child, uh, and Christina, um, isn't working as of right now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been tough to, to think about, just relying on my own business right now, the way that it stands right now. Mm -hmm. But absolutely. That's something that I always think about. It's like, cause there, there is going to be a time when it might be too late, you know, yeah. if you have like four kids yeah. and yeah, I'm the only one working uh, there. I think there is an important time when you need to make a decision and try to go all in. I just haven't figured that out yet. Uh, I don't know if I will. I, I love building and I love doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm working hard at it. So I, 
it's it's really hard for me to plan out. People usually say like, "What's your five year plan?" You know, <laughs> and it's that's a very hard question for me because in my head I know exactly what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, but real life kicks in, and you know the the work that you put in is what you'll get out of it. And working full time and doing um, these projects on my days off, I can't put in as much as I would like to put in. So it's a little bit difficult, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. And the whole five-year plan. I mean, we read in James chapter four that. Well, I want to be clear. Like, yes, that I think that you're referring to where it's like, don't worry about tomorrow, right? Yeah. That I think that might be a little bit different because it is still good to plan out yeah. for for a business side. I think it's still yeah. very important to understand where you're going and where you want it to go. Okay. Um, but you're right. There is a part to it where it's like you can't you can't worry about it. That's mm-hmm. where you start to freak out and have like anxiety about what you're doing because it's like you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know that I think that's that's important to keep in mind. Is like. You know, I didn't plan on messing up yeah. and having to extend my deadlines, but it's happening now. Just roll with it. But it's you should still mm-hmm. plan ahead, which I'm terrible at. Yeah, I'm I'm bad at all of this stuff that we've <laughs> talked about. I'm so bad at all of it. Yeah, the we, business side, the marketing side. I'm only learning. I'm not at all like. Don't be listening to me thinking like, oh man, Philip thinks he's so but, great at this. Well, Dude, this I'm is, learning, perfect, and this is just Phil. an experiment. I want people to be listening right now and thinking, hey, this is someone who is not perfect at everything he's doing, doesn't actually know how to market, like the guy has a degree in it, you know what I mean? Like all these things that you're talking about are things that people want to hear. I mean, people want to hear that you're successful in in some shape or form without having all the credentials and having all the knowledge behind you because you're taking steps forward, even though, even if it are small steps or slow steps. I mean, yeah, some of them are leaps, man. Being able to work with people in the city lo- locally um, and getting your work out there <clears throat> is huge, especially with how young the business is. Yeah, it really is. So I'm excited. Got some cool projects up yeah. ahead. Just always working. Yeah. Um, give me a, a fill built. Give me a, a, a fill bit. Give me a fill bit mm. for the listener. Just a, just a little, little bit of you to take away with them from what it could be advice. It could be something about yourself. Could be some um, motivation, or it could be a, a nice little little laugh, little knee slapper. Okay, uh, too much pressure for the funny <laughs> stuff, so I won't do that. <laughs> okay. But next time, with uh, what I'll leave you with is, if you're interested in something that's at all creative or even business related, if your heart isn't in the love of that thing, and you're just looking to make money off of it you're going to have a hard time. Mm. Uh, You can always start a business that's purely for money and that's fine. You can do that. And people have been very successful in that. Yeah. But when it comes down to things like art, um, you know, whether it's music, building furniture, um, dance, dance, any of that, you've got to put your, your passion. I know that sounds super cliche and generic, but like you do have to put your heart into it first. That's, that's the main thing is like, do you love doing this? If you don't, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. If it's just to make money, you can still do it, but people will see it. It will show. Yeah. Um, put your heart into it. Love what you do. And don't have super crazy expectations. Just let it let it happen. Unless your goal is to start a business. Yeah. <laughs> then you should have expectations. Yeah. But if you're just starting out and you just want to try something creative, dude, just like go for it. 
and fall in love with the process. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Making money is fine. Yeah. It's just, I, I want to like, I don't want to like have any like very sharp lines. Like this is no, what you no, should no, be no. doing. It's just like for me and my experience. Guys, Phil's not a sharp line. I'm looking at it. Don't worry <laughs> just love it. Just yeah. fall in love with something. Uh, I, I, by the way, I also think it's very important to have hobbies. Mm-hmm. Pick up a hobby. If you don't have a hobby, pick one up. You never know what you're good at. Mm. You know, yeah. I would have never known that I enjoy woodworking this much if I never decided to build this table. Yeah. So wow, and that's where we're at. That's right where now. we're at. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming and not coming, but letting me come over and interview. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, and I'm sure everyone listening does too. Yeah. It All was right. a pleasure. Yeah, I loved it. I appreciate you and uh, everyone listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sky High Rock Bottom with James. I appreciate it. Uh, This is the first episode of many. So hopefully see you um, listening back next time. Catch you on the flippity flip. (laughs) See ya. Oh my God. Uh, Thanks for having me. Dude, that was so cool.